Nerds watch Disney podcast. We watch films and have a blast. Rank them all from first to last. It's our podcast. Holy shit, this movie sucks. I'm Jake. I'm Dustin. And this is Dudes Watch Disney, the final bonus episode. We're talking about a film called Melody Time today, well, and another films, and right another now. one called The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. These are the last two of the packaged cheapo films that came out in between Bambi and Cinderella. And it's been a rough go. Trying to watch all of these things right in a row, it's been something. Yeah, they all sort of run together. There's nothing really distinguishable about any of them. Yeah. And the fact that uh, we're getting through all of them in, like, two recording sessions has been kind of rough, too. Right. It's but not I mean, like we stretched out it's watching for the them best. at all. We don't want to waste too much time on this before we get to right. more hard-hitting, uh, great Disney films. Which is what we're about to run into once yeah. we get through with this. you got Cinderella, you've got Alice in Wonderland, uh, 101 Dalmatians, yeah, all what's... those are, are coming up soon. Yep. Looking forward to all of them. Some real heavy hitters. Especially after we what we've recently sat through. Other than that, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Just got a haircut. Feeling oh, pretty good go. about it. Looking sharp. Thank you. Doing pretty good. Glad to be moving on past this, but uh, really nothing else to say here at the beginning other than let's power through. Uh, it's time. It's time. It's melody time. I'm, I'm, I'm. 1948s. This movie, very similar to what we saw from Make My Music, which... Oh, goody. <laughs> We're starting out on a high note comparing it to that film. Basically, same kind of deal, just several animated shorts put to music. Wikipedia refers to it as, like, a popular music version of Fantasia. I, mean, I guess I could sort of see that, where, like, you know, we're not taking classical pieces right. anymore. We're, you know, taking Fits that style jazzier more. things. You know, we still have some dialogue, which is nice, uh, since, you know, we both thought Fantasia was a little dull. Um, yeah. Although way more creative than these. Yes. Well, you know, we have a hard time with Fantasia because, like, we, when we start talking about it, it really sounds like we really enjoyed it. Right. But then any time we've tried to sit down and watch it, it's been like, oh, oh my God, this is so boring. <laughs> this right. is terrible. Fantasia's like, this was cool and I'm glad they did it, but I don't want to watch it. Right. These are like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> right. So on the one hand, they're more interesting than Fantasia was, but at the same time, they're in no way creative. Like, right. It doesn't feel special. It doesn't feel like, you know, this is Disney and I'm going to be rewarded for watching it with a nice Disney movie. This is just some cartoons that I'm watching as a 30-year-old man. Like, <laughs> None of them connected at all or... No. Just, uh... No. Yeah. We don't even really have anything tying things together. I guess we didn't with Make Mine Music either. But, like, Fun and Fancy Free, we got a little bit of a web sort of connecting these shorts. This one even, just... Even in Fantasia, we had uh, we had the introdu- there was an introduction for each song that yeah. explained what what you were going to see, those types of things. But none of that and here. This, we well, just well, we start totally... out with some opening cre- credits and, uh, like, a little, like, lounge singer guy singing, Melody time! Hey, how you doing? Dip your waitresses. <laughs> like, but I do I like, like that. The, the easel and the watercolors that we start out with. That's kind of nice. Yeah, they, kind of fun. We've seen that. That's been kind of a recurring trope in these, is, like, here's a blank sheet of paper, and we'll animate, like, a pencil or a paintbrush coming in and slowly drawing the scene. Like, yeah. that's, like, three different oh, yeah, films we've seen that in now. we're some things here. When we get to right. the, the segment on the trees... Uh, we'll talk about how how many times we've done that segment now. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, sort of a 
animating a little scene here and then we start sort of procedurally drawing like a little face here to sort of introduce us i guess he's our host but we never see him again also face really creepy just starts out with like a cheshire cat smile and nothing else talking at us and then when they do draw a face he looks like the magic mirror from uh like the wicked queen has yeah they're definitely uh they're like lounge singer versions of the drama masks yeah you know um so he's got like a tie and like a right but when we previously used that in Disney, it was to, like, unsettle all the audience. But right. now it's like, happy-go-lucky guy. True. I don't know. He introduces us to our first piece, which is called Once Upon a Winter Time. And much like Make Mine Music, I've written little summary sentences for all these pieces. Uh, in this one, we see two young lovebirds go ice skating and nearly die. Yeah, uh, I mean, everybody... Well, I don't know about everybody, but... I'm normally happy when I see a nice, you know, wintertime mm-hmm. uh, cartoon. You know, you get your snow. He's on a date with his honey. Like, Especially, it's a nice little you know, It's the middle of summer here. It's been like 110 every right. day. Yeah. So so that part is nice. Wintering, winter looked fun. So I liked this one until I watched it, really. Right. Like, the longer it went, the less that I liked yeah. it. But yeah, so the couple's going on a sleigh ride. First mm-hmm. it's just them, and they get joined by birds and bunnies. Uh, who sort of uh, possibly cock-block the guy a little bit. I don't know. Um, It's kind of a, we got like a bunny couple alongside the human couple. They've got their own problems going on. We get more 1940s uh, representation of women here. So we're going to go ice skating. The woman bends over to put on her ice skates. The bunny's checking her out, up, you know, looking up her dress and stuff. Then the female bunny gets mad at him for doing this. Never been ice skating? Uh, yeah, once, like in second or third grade, no. uh, did not go well. No, I can't do it either. I've been twice, both in my 20s, oh, and no. it's been terrible. I imagine it would be, I think the damage would last longer in the 20s than it would, like <laughs> second or third grade, like yeah, you're yeah. made out of rubber, whatever. Right. Like it fell, it, I fell, it hurt, whatever. <laughs> but I think, you know, if you fall at 25 on the ice, it's like, oh God. Yeah, me and my girlfriend went uh, like a year, maybe two years ago at this point, and like... There's just, like, a crowd of people, like, watching me and, like, trying to help me. Some of them kids that understood how to do it and were like, you can do it, man. And I'm like, please don't talk to me, child. I want to go home. But these two uh, don't really have the hang of it either. Like, uh, one of the early bits we get here in this piece is the the man does, like, a big jump. I think he actually ramps some houses from what it looked like, which was very impressive, but then he sprays, when he's coming to a stop, he sprays his girlfriend in the face, and then she slips and falls over, which... Breaking her dress, like, like yeah. you do. And he giggles at this, because why the hell because wouldn't he get, like, yeah. giggle at this? Like, that's the response, but she has to get all haughty, like, oh, no, well, now I'm put off, and then we get, like, a fiery red background of this, like, oh woman scorn and it's like why are you with this woman she would laugh like don't you should date people you can laugh at when they fuck up because that's that's how you get a good life going on but uh is it oh yeah maybe we should just start a dating advice podcast yeah like, people out there yeah be with someone you can bully can and then laugh about when i went ice skating my girlfriend was laughing at me the entire right, fucking that's, time it's not the same thing as it's two sides of the same coin it's like. not he iced her on purpose and then laughed when she fell over like yeah okay yeah, she got to keep her balance either way she's upset uh now he's all alone and lonely but we find out she's walking away she just playing like she's looking back like i got him while she's walking away she accidentally walks onto some thin ice yeah, uh the bunnies also break up at this point too i don't, yeah, I don't remember um, what caused no. their issue but they broke up too 
Uh, Probably because he was checking her out. Could be. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, you're like you were saying, yeah, she goes towards thin ice. They try to warn her. Right. The, the, I believe the male rabbit tries to help. He like picks up the thin ice sign and, and runs over to show it to her and stabs it into the ice, which breaks the ice. Right. And, so that's not good. So now she's like sliding away on the thin ice. The guy's got to save her. Yeah, so the ice uh, breaks... You know, with very little... I mean, there's the sign saying there's thin ice, but there's no, like, hey, you know, danger ahead. I guess, never mind. There is a sign <laughs> saying there's thin ice. Yes. It breaks. Uh, it breaks off, and underneath is this raging river. Yeah, immediate like, rapids and a waterfall. Like, no wonder not, that it wasn't <laughs> frozen. I this is how this works. Like, I get that it has to get super cold for a river to freeze on top. Like, yeah. I understand that, but that, the rapids that are going on here, I don't, I don't know how that works. Yeah. And I just realized I have no, not one single note about any of the music in this scene. So that should I mean, tell you yeah, about how memorable not, it was. Yeah, it is just there. It's, you know, there to set a scene, I guess. But it's not memorable in any way. Or... Right. But uh, yeah, so now we're rapidly approaching the waterfall and the guy's got to make the save and he doesn't. Like he crashes the carriage that he's trying to ride he down there on. very hard though. Yeah. The so other forest two, creatures are yeah, helping Two random out. birds actually make the save. Right, and some squirrels. And some horses pull pull the girl in, and she, like, lands in the boyfriend's arms. And that's, uh, she assumes he did the work, so they're in love again. And they go through some, like, they're while they're riding, riding away on the carriage, they go through, like, a dark patch. When they come out the other side, he has lipstick on his cheek. And then it fades back out to uh, their pictures, which are in a little fold-up picture frame, mm-hmm. which is how the piece started. The scene ends with those pictures just... Pulling the shades and starting to fuck, I assume. It's like (laughs) they just fold up on each other and give like a wink to the camera and then we move on to the next piece. It's cute and harmless, uh, this piece. (laughs) I made it not cute and harmless. (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, there's nothing special here, nothing much to see here. It's not the most boring thing you'll ever see. It's not the best thing. Not even during the film. (laughs) No, it's just, eh, whatever. Yeah. Next up we got Bumble Boogie. Bumble boogie. Well played. Hmm. Uh, I liked the mu- this has nothing to do with Disney. Like they just found this song and used it. Um, but I, I really enjoyed the the song here, the arrangement. You know, the jazzy arrangement of "Flight of the Bumblebee." That was mm-hmm. cool. Um, the cartoon itself was a thing that I watched. Yeah. Uh, Bumble boogie. A bee has a terrible time. Why is he purple? I don't know. <laughs> the bees are not purple. But he just wants, he's flying around, just wants to relax, but everything's trying to kill him. He's being attacked by, like, piano key versions of shit you find in the world. Which like was kind of fun, like, the petals fell off the flowers, they turned into a keyboard, the keyboard's mm. like a snake monster. Yeah, we get a piano snake at one point. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Uh... I spilled pretzels while I was watching this and uh, had to spend my my attention was away <laughs> trying to pick up my mess. And then when I looked up, it was over. So I'm assuming it wasn't much to talk about. Not really. Uh, the thing I wrote, I mean, the things we already talked about are what we what I noticed when I watched. But also there's just the backgrounds. Like if you don't notice the piano snake or the purple bee and just look at the backgrounds, they're so boring and so like yeah. cheap and like... It's just like... No plain work colors at all. Or... Yeah, just plain, solid. No work at all went into these backgrounds. I think I noticed that in the uh, the, the two Caballeros one we get later. Blame it on the Samba. Which but... is just disappointing because you know that they can do better. Now, it took them a long time to do better. They spent a long time working on Bambi right. uh, to get the effects of and how And, like, half the animators was. weren't working here at this point because they were making right. propaganda films. <laughs> but that said... 
the quality is not there. And right. you could see why when people think about Disney movies, no one names Melody Time as their favorite. <laughs> no, I'm amazed um, this got a release on anything like home video in 2016. Like, yeah. I, I don't understand why. <laughs> But uh, that's that's Bumble Boogie. Uh, then next up we get uh, the story of Johnny Appleseed. Now uh, this one is pretty good. Yeah, um, it's all right. You know, I mean, it's not ama- it's not you know Snow White or anything. It felt like it told a complete story. Yeah. In which nice. a man spreads apples and religion across the country. Well, there you go. Yeah. But uh, I like that we're exploring. You know, sort of American what, folklore. Right. That's what I was about to say. Like most of. The Disney things that people remember are all these like Grimm's fairy tales or like, yeah. European stories, but th- this one and later on in this movie when we do Pecos Bill, like this is a look at American folklore, like yeah. which is nice, which is interesting. You know, we did South America in uh, in Saludos Amigos and a little bit in Caballeros as well, and now you know we're doing some American stories. It's nice. Yeah, I don't know if kids still talk about uh, folklore like Johnny Appleseed and and Babe. Uh, what's Babe the Ox, right? <laughs> Paul Bunyan. Bunyan. Yes, that's who I meant. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Pig Ox. in the City. <laughs> Either way, I don't know if elementary kids still talk about that like they did I when know. I was in elementary yeah. school. Uh, Probably, but I don't remember the religious aspect of Johnny Appleseed. Yeah, I mean, it's not like explicit at any point. Like, it's not over the top, but that's not something I expected to see in Disney. I guess like there's just never any mention of like the Lord or anything right, like that. Yeah. But he's the, this one opens up with the you know we got the three images, uh, the three symbols that are connected to Johnny Appleseed, which is like an apple, a Bible, and a pot. I think it was like a cooking pot. Yeah, pot because he wore it as a hat. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then we open up and he's singing a song about how the Lord's been good to which him. Which, if you're trying and... to spread the the good news of the Lord, like wearing a pot as a hat <laughs> is a good way to get people to listen yeah. to what you're saying. <laughs> Sounds like one of those like doomsayer guys on the like side of the streets. But uh, yeah, anyway, I, I did enjoy getting back to what I was trying to <laughs> trying to say. Like in elementary school, uh, I did really like talking about American folklore. I thought that was cool. Like I like Johnny Appleseed. I like Paul Bunyan, although I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> I remember uh, reading a Davy Crockett book yeah. in like fifth grade. But like we did so. like a you know a unit on on or a few different units maybe yeah, on, I think on so. folklore, which was fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, he's he's singing. He seems very carefree and happy. Uh, well, the Lord's been good to him. Yeah, he seems pleased with his life as an apple farmer. But uh, is that the right term for that? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> apple orcharder. <laughs> Apple grower. There you go. Uh, but then some pioneers come uh, rustling through the town. I feel like we should talk a little bit about the accents used in this piece. Uh, they very plainly say at the beginning of the piece they're in Pittsburgh or outside of Pittsburgh, yeah. Pennsylvania. Yet these people talk like Yosemite Sam for reasons I don't, and Foghorn Leghorn for reasons I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Like, I've never been to Pennsylvania, but I have a pretty good idea that's not how they talk. I wouldn't um, imagine. Maybe in the 1800s they did. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Mm. They're saying things like over thar and like right. That's no. But they come through singing a song about getting in a wagon and going west, and Johnny Appleseed like considers joining them. I guess that's the He's thing. Like, yeah, he'd like to join them, but he he can't join them. Uh, he talks to his guardian angel about why he doesn't feel he can join them. By the way, there's a guardian angel in this movie. But the title of this uh, section is "The Old Settler Johnny Appleseed and Johnny's Angel," which oh. I was disappointed because I thought Johnny's angel was going to be his lady, and then it turns out it was oh. an actual angel. And I was yeah. Like, oh, okay. Uh, the voice actor for the 
Guardian Angel I thought was really familiar. Now, this is the two days guy. later looking at the my notes, so I don't remember what he sounded like the anymore. But same guy did the, the narration, Johnny and, and the, and the oh, Angel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe that was... I don't know who the guy was, but I, I don't either. reading that. Maybe he stuck around through Disney films, maybe, I don't know. Don't know. Could but, research uh, it, but clearly didn't. <laughs> yeah. The Guardian Angel essentially plays the role of Bubba in Forrest Gump here, just explaining all the things that apples can be used for. <laughs> it's talking about apple pie, apple tart, apple fritters. Right, apple in case there was anyone at home who didn't apples. know what to do with their apples. Like. <laughs> well, if only the Wicked Queen had watched this one, she it's might have been had a better sales pitch for Snow yeah. White's. Johnny Appleseed's trying to argue with his uh, Guardian Angel, saying, no, I don't have... The necessary tools. I can't go on. I wouldn't make right. it as a pioneer. I'm not tough and, enough to be a pioneer. Yeah, but he says no. You got everything you need. All you need are apple seeds, the Bible, and a pot to cook in or wear as a hat, whichever you prefer. There's a lot of like survivalists and stuff out there. Uh, I don't know how much those three things are gonna keep him alive. I feel like if a bear comes up to him and tries to eat him, reading Bible passages isn't gonna help. Well, he encounters a bear later on, does he not? Like... He does. So he starts off with uh, no shoes on his feet, breaking his mother's heart, when all of a sudden, oh fuck, a bear. Uh, and... Shit, there's a bear. <laughs> Did you know what I'm saying to you? Those aren't the words. I don't know what they are. <laughs> Fuck. You hand me that shotgun. You're right. That's the next line. But all the other animals, they, it seems like it's going to be a scary situation, but they sort of just stop and watch what Johnny Appleseed's doing, at which point a skunk walks up and all the animals flee from the skunk. Right, the skunk is going to go tell him off, tell him to get out of there, right? Yeah. He's sort of the spokesperson for all the I animals, guess. I guess. This is not uh, congruent with what we saw in Bambi. Like, right. the other animals are very friendly with uh, Flower. Like, they don't all flee from him. No one mentions the skunk smell. But in this universe, skunks have no friends. But he comes up to Johnny Appleseed, and Johnny Apple Johnny Appleseed befriends him and pets him, and they get along, and all the other animals kind of realize, oh, we can be friends with this guy. Which the song explains that Johnny Appleseed was the first to come without no knife and without no gun, so they can all be friends. Right, and so because they're friends, it's time for a hoedown. Yeah, basically. Uh, a whole We fast forward in the timeline, and a whole community has, has sprouted up. Uh, they're all eating apples and having a big party. And we get some Native Americans hanging out with the pioneers. This is one of a few times where I thought we had Native Americans in a 40s cartoon, tastefully drawn yeah, and well, represented. Well, wait till Pecos Bill. Exactly. Uh, that's, you, you tweeted out earlier this week. <laughs> right. But yeesh. Yeah, very different images in those two shorts. Doing the research before watching this film, I took one look at like the VHS box cover uh, and saw, like, I guess it was Pecos Bill on his horse and everything, and my first thought was, I bet we get really racist in this. And then I looked over at the table of contents on Wikipedia and saw a section labeled Controversy, and I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> wonder what I got to look forward to. But everything in Johnny Appleseed was handled pretty yeah, it's tastefully. Tastefully done, nicely done. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, He's the story. reason for racial harmony. Apples. <laughs> Bringing people together. Mm -hmm. Except for so, Snow White. Right. <laughs> then we see Johnny Appleseed. Uh, fast forward again. He's an old man, and he has stretched his shadow across the land. Still barefoot, still you know wearing the pot on his head, those yep. kinds of things. But yeah, he's got a giant beard now. Yeah, we see all that he's done for the community, all that he's been able to change, and then we see him dead under a tree, like <laughs> yeah, laid down there to take a nap and. Uh, that's he, he gets up and leaves his body behind and basically the, the piece ends with him 
confronting his own mortality. Which... Right, yeah, his his guardian angel tells him they need apple trees in heaven, too. Yeah, and like... which... What heaven doesn't have apples? Like, <laughs> yeah, doesn't sound like heaven to me. The fuck kind of heaven is this? The the tickets for the big whale opera are sold out. There's no apple trees. Yeah, yeah. The way Disney envisions heaven is questionable. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Appleseed joins his guardian angel, and they go up and the. Sort of the big closing line on all this is pointing out that the clouds in the sky aren't clouds at all. They're apple blossoms from Johnny Appleseed's heavenly apple trees. Isn't that nice? Okay. <laughs> and Little Toot is what we got next. In this one, an asshole child fucks around and destroys a city, is later redeemed. Yeah, this one, uh, although it's based on an, an actual you know, book, an mm-hmm. actual story. I, I started to say novel. It's definitely not a novel. It's very short. <laughs> I think that I own it. Uh, Do you? We have a massive bookcase filled with uh, children's books. I'm pretty sure that's one of the ones that's in there. I don't remember ever reading it that much when I was little, but it had toot in the name, so, you know. Right. If you find it, maybe you should tweet that out. So I'd, Perhaps I'd like to so, see that. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, this one reminded me a lot of, I don't remember his name now, but the little airplane guy from Saludos Amigos. Yeah. Pedro. Pedro? I think it might have been Pedro. That's not... The, it's the, only a few pages back. Let me just... <laughs> the parrot is named Jose, right? Yes. Okay. I'm Pedro. investigating everyone. Sing a gay little spring song. <laughs> yeah, too far. Pedro. His name is Pedro. Okay. So this really reminded me a lot of Pedro the plane from Saludos Amigos, the little little kid plane who's yeah. out on his first adventure. Similar deal here with Little Toot. Pedro, less of an asshole than Little oh, yeah, Toot. Definitely. Definitely. I like, mean, still a little bit of an asshole, but right. not, yeah. Little Toot, uh, he's a He's like a little happy little tugboat, and so is his dad. They pull ocean liners. He wants to be just like his dad. I believe the line in the song is, I'm a big toot just like my dad. But the problem is, he's a kid, and he gets in everyone's way and fucks up their day. He nearly causes his dad to drown. Kids are the worst. Don't bring your kids to work. Yeah. Get them out of everybody's way. Like He pisses off a cop boat. He tries to help, like, pushing the ocean liner, but causes it to spiral way the hell out of control and destroys a whole fucking city in the process. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely the worst. Yeah, like, this is no longer, like, precocious little scamp. This is, you have caused massive property damage and probably killed people. (laughs) By doing this, he brings shame upon his family. Now his dad's got to pull a garbage barge instead. A garbage. (laughs) And, uh, he sort of, uh, Little Toot sort of puts himself in exile. Yeah, he gets uh, uh, arrested, I guess, by the police and exiled mm-hmm. in the middle of the ocean. He The buoys taunt him. Yeah, some terrifying shame buoys. <laughs> <laughs> While he's out there in the middle of nowhere, a storm comes and he's it looks real bad. He's worried he's going to die. But he finds a big ocean liner that's getting fucked up by the storm too. So he raises an SOS and is able to summon help. And then I guess the help doesn't come fast enough because he pulls him out himself. Right, so. but he can only pull him out himself after he's struck repeatedly by lightning. <laughs> yeah, that'll pu- push you along a little bit. Uh, pulls the boat to safety, redemption. You are now a big toot, little toot. <laughs> and then he shakes his butt is yeah, the last I image. I feel like we could have just farted for the five minutes <laughs> that this lasted and it would have been better than what we got. Yeah. Fuck you, little toot. Oh, well, it gets, it doesn't get better from there. We go to trees. Well, trees, uh, trees, if you don't know, is uh, an adaptation of the poem of the same name. Uh, you know, I think that I shall never see a poem as lovely as a tree. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, on its own, it's not that bad. You know, 
how long can we sing this song? If like, you we have done this. The like, Blue Bayou was entertaining. <laughs> Just wait till you see trees. Right. And how many times can we show the four seasons and show a storm right. starting? And like we've done this. We did it in Bambi. We did it in Fantasia. Now we're doing it here. Like you said with Blue Blue Bayou doesn't really do the, the weather the same way, but right. still, it's just like a default template for animation. It feels like it's like. cool. It's a nice story, but you've done it so many times now. Yeah, that there's just nothing left to do. Like we've seen this. Yeah. Summary for this one: trees are good. Yeah. Yay, trees! I mean, I'm, I'm pro trees. Mm. Blame it on the samba. It's the two caballeros. <laughs> Yeah, I was disappointed with this one because there is a similarly named song called Blame It on the Bossa Nova, which is really catchy. Hmm. Blame it on the Bossa Nova. Like, it's really nice, and this samba shit was just boring. Yeah. We get Donald and Jose. They're still and around. The little annoying bird. Yeah, the Woody Woodpecker motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> yep. But we got Donald and Jose, but neither of them talk. So it's basically we don't have Donald or Jose. And guess what? We get dancing instruments again. We haven't yep, seen that nah, before. That's new fresh idea oh god damn it now here's another latin woman for donald to stalk <laughs> never seen again. that before she does start tearing ass on the keyboards though that is true that, that is, is a very wicked impressive. solo yeah uh and then we play some bongos question why weren't there any bongos in the story of bongo that would have fit question yeah. he could have i mean that maybe that's how he got the name he play he wrote the unicycle and played the bongos i'd, I'd watch a bear do that yeah i'd but watch a person do that <laughs> but no that bongo didn't do shit exactly and uh this this is the shit yeah and still so we'll move on to part still seven, dancing uh, unless you got something else oh uh, the the woman pulls her skirt up pretty high at one point <laughs> like i wrote that yeah there's there's almost an upskirt in this one there's an upskirt in the first uh when i'm um, yeah, in the first one, uh, the first one on this, and then also in Pecos Bill a few times. Like we got a lot of perviness mm-hmm. uh, going on here. Sure do. And then yeah, I guess we'll go into Pecos Bill. Thankfully, it's the last one, but it's probably the hardest to get to get through. We got Roy Rogers though. That's yeah. kind of cool. In this one, we explain why coyotes howl at the moon, and you wouldn't fucking believe me if I told you, <laughs> because uh, Roy Rogers is explaining this story out in the desert. We, you know, it starts out with a desert scene, a bunch of cowboys sitting around a fire. What? I feel like everyone here just pictures the fucking blazing saddles scene as yep, soon as this comes much. on. Why do they bring these little kids with them to the middle of the desert? Don't know. Like, that Hanging out with cowboys, like they're gonna be safe. cursing and drinking. Right. And... It doesn't seem safe at all. Was this the same little girl from Fun and Fancy Free? Because it, it looked it like her, I, I thought. They all look the same. <laughs> so we're around the fire, some coyotes howl, and it startles them. Yeah, we get basically a little girl and a little boy. They want to hear a story from Roy Rogers about how, why the coyotes howl. Uh, the boy at least feels excited to be there. Like, I guess good performance from the actor here, because he's all pumped up and wants to hear a story about engines and yeah. and the like and at one point uh roy rogers revealed he's gonna tell them the story of pecos bill and his girl slewfoot sue and then as soon as he says that the boy goes oh shucks a woman in this story and then it's all all mopey disappointing uh as he starts to tell his story uh you get a map of the u.s but it uh just draws texas the way that texas views texas <laughs> yeah i laughed uh, at that. and the, the gulf of texas right the entire <laughs> middle part of the country is texas yeah that was pretty chuckle worthy also uh pretty decent united states drawn in the dirt by roy rogers like i could not draw an outline of the united states with a pencil like certainly not with a stick in the dirt good job roy rogers yeah uh but yeah we explain 
some pioneers were going across the desert once and they lost their kid out the back like you do when you have 20 kids uh <laughs> no one sees a problem with this so the kid gets raised by coyotes which is weird yeah on a lot of levels yeah. Like a mom coyote comes home and finds a boy along with her, you know, ch- coyote children, and the boy crawls up to go suck on a coyote teat, which it thankfully doesn't show us the actual. Maybe it did. Maybe got you know this one was heavily edited, uh, at least in the version that I watched. Did you get the edited version? Okay, yeah, I must they have took got out, the they took out all the smoking. Yeah, I got all the oh, smoking. Well, here's this, here's this yeah, when I mentioned the controversy section earlier, that was only about the smoking. Nothing about what we get later. <laughs> But uh, right, so I watched the uh, the gold edition DVD, hmm. which came out. Uh, I'm a, I didn't do any research it's a on DVD. This, but they have previews for something that's coming out in the year 2000. So I'm assuming okay. this is from 1999, maybe early 2000. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they edited out anything that has him smoking, which apparently takes a good section of the movie out. Yeah, I had to watch way more of this than like you did. Tornado or something like there's no tornado in mine. I don't. Yeah, know. he like lassos a tornado. There's a I mean, there's a verse about everything about how here's what you need to know everything in the world was caused by Pecos Bill. Right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so he's raised by coyotes, uh, mm-hmm. including, you know, drinking coyote milk like you do. Yeah. He also gets a horse that's about to, you know, he's lost in the desert too, about to die. His horse is named Widowmaker, and they become best buddies. But yeah, then we get all these verses about how he once roped a rain cloud from California to end the drought, and how he punched out all these rustlers like gold fillings and that's the reason there's gold in them there hills mm-hmm. the man dug the rio grande <laughs> he, yep. he did everything and then we also get a scene where he's uh guns become hoverboats in this where he's gutting like going across a pool but he's like yosemite sam shooting oh. his guns behind him yeah. to keep him afloat and then now we get indians doing a war dance yeah and they're painted indians which he yeah. turns into the painted desert. i got i got it all here while a tribe of painted Indians did a war dance, Peiko started shooting up their little game. Uh, he gave them redskins such a shakeup that they jumped out from their makeup. That's the way the painted desert got its name. So this was not listed in the controversy section. <laughs> not a section. word about it. Okay, so just, just the smoking. Yeah, if you'd like to see just the visual evidence of this, as soon as I saw this, I had to tweet a picture of it because, oh man. I mean, we'll get plenty more uh, Native American racism and stereotypes probably in most of the films we watch but chiefly in peter pan and uh yeah what makes a red man red Mm -hmm. looking forward to that one uh so anyway then we meet slewfoot sue Mm -hmm. she comes up riding a catfish yeah like you do flashing everybody your under bridges the whole time kids movie totally cool but uh yeah, as soon as Pecos Bill sees her, he's in love. His, this makes his horse worried because yeah, horse is not women and horses don't mix, I guess. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, as soon as they meet, they get engaged. and uh, Then they're going to get married. Mm-hmm. The horse ruins the wedding, though. Yeah, because uh, Slewfoot Sue is supposed to, I guess, walk down the aisle on the horse. But uh, Widowmaker doesn't want to let Sue ride him. And then we get some weird stuff. Yeah, you, takes a turn. You always talk about the butts in these Disney movies. I thought this scene might have broken you. because Yeah, it is uncomfortable. Uh, I don't remember what they call it, but, like, you know, you get, like, in the old-timey dresses, you get the big wooden, like, hoop skirt kind of thing. Mm-hmm. This is just that, but for a butt, yeah. to make the butt look big. They didn't have, like, Nicki Minaj butt implants back in the <laughs> mm-hmm. 1800s, so this is how they did it. 
Uh, she's wearing one of those, and since we don't know what it's called, we'll call it a hoopter. <laughs> she's got on a hoopter. Is that a word? I, yeah, it's what she's got on. Okay. So she's wearing that, and uh, she tries to get on to Widow Mur- <clears throat> Widowmaker. Widow Murderer. <laughs> That's a great name. That's a better name. <laughs> what do you do? I murder widows. <laughs> Someone else murders the husbands. I just murder the widows. <laughs> I just mop up what's left. Uh, Widowmaker tries to buck her, but he can't he because tries to do what? <laughs> he can't buck her because she's good at riding. As if we—I mean, we saw that already. She's with riding a giant fucking fish. fish. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so this causes her butt thing to bounce her off into the sky, and she just keeps on bouncing higher and higher. Uh, I don't think this is science. <laughs> Bill tries to, Pecos Bill tries to lasso her, but uh, Widowmaker sabotages it, so she just keeps bouncing higher and higher, and then she lands on the fucking moon, because that's a thing. So now, Pecos Bill returns to the coyotes, and that's why coyotes howl at the moon. This is so fucking dumb. I mean, maybe that's the story. I know that I went on and on about how much I enjoyed listening to American Folklore uh, in elementary school. I don't know the story of Pinko's Bill. I don't know what happened to his woman friend. Maybe you uh, would really enjoy it if you got to hear me summarize American Folklore so as a child. If you were, yeah, if you were, you know, an elementary substitute teacher. And you, <laughs> all right, well, you're here, Jake. Why don't you explain Pecos Bill to the kids? Holy shit, you won't believe this. <laughs> and that is how Melody Time ends... We have one more film to go through, but I don't have any problem saying that was the worst one of all of these. <laughs> like, uh, Yeah, I mean, I think it's on par with Make Mine Music. I was pretty bored with that one, too. Yeah, I would at least Make Mine Music gave us Casey at the Bats, and uh, yeah. I had fun with Peter and the Wolf. Yeah, and, and I guess I liked the uh, the one with the teenagers. Where they the were gonna cats, go, the oh, cats join in or something. Something like that. Yeah, that one was kind of fun. Yeah. Okay, so never mind. I was more bored by this one than... Uh, although Caballeros was pretty bored. Caballeros was bored, but I don't know. That was just like a cavalcade of like everything It was just terrible. totally we're out of ideas. <laughs> yeah. But we still want some money. Right. So that was Melody Time. And thankfully, uh, things get a lot better after Melody Time because we go back to the... The next film goes back to the fun and fancy free formula of let's not do seven shitty stories, let's do two and try to make them pretty good. So we get The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. We are tackling two stories here, uh, classic American tales. The whole point of this is like... One of them is British. Is it? Mr. Toad, Wind in the Willows is definitely a British story. I thought the whole point, because Sleepy Hollow is American. I thought right, the whole point was we were introducing this as these are... He even says one of the greatest characters in English literature is Mr. Toad. Never mind. Two classic tales we're covering here, The Wind in the Willows and The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Question one, have you ever read either of these stories? Uh, I think I read Sleepy Hollow and I read like a condensed version of Wind in the... Oh, and I saw a play version of Wind in the Willows, mm-hmm. um... I have not read either one of them. Okay. Uh, I watched the Johnny Depp movie, Sleepy Hollow, once. Okay. Don't remember much about it. Hmm. Uh, but that's that's the extent. And I knew nothing about Wind in the Willows. I, I don't know what I thought the plot was, but I didn't think there was cars and people getting arrested. And 
things like that. Turns out, yeah. Yeah. So we get a voiceover at the beginning of the movie. Uh, we're looking through like somebody's library. We sell these different books. Mm-hmm. And he makes a fairly ridiculous claim that, you know, of all the great characters in English literature, there's only one that stands above the rest. And it is Mr. Toad. Just right. Like, wait a minute. That's your, your number one wait pick. Wait a minute. Like, as he lists other famous characters from English literature and then goes, yeah, but forget those guys. Here's a Toad. Mr. Toad. <laughs> yeah, pretty ridiculous. But uh, Wind in the Willows is the piece we get up first. Uh, this one has had sort of a... a not a lineage what's like uh, a thing that comes after you <laughs> you make a big name for yourself and then like followers uh, i don't know what i want uh... <laughs> the word you're looking for jake is legacy legacy this wind in the willows piece has got is slightly well known uh these days because it, it's got some followers because there's a very popular disney land i believe ride uh called Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Apparently it was one of the uh, rides when they first opened the park and is still open today. Like, I think it got rebuilt a couple times, but it's been around for 60, 70 years. I looked into that. How about that? Yeah, never been to Disneyland. No, me either. Yeah, probably a fun ride. But that's at least a thing this movie is known for, so maybe, you know, it gets brought up in conversation probably more than Melody Time does. Perhaps. Mm -hmm. But we get the start of the piece, uh jazzy little opener we meet uh james thaddeus toad esquire the protagonist of the film uh he looks a lot like the fucking warner brothers like hello my baby hello my darling uh frog hello my ragtime gal him and a badger and a rat and a mole are our main characters their names are mick badger and then rat and mole so right uh piece starts off with rat and mole having tea uh this is a universe where we sort of have people and animals interacting with each other, just because. While they're having tea, we, they're like the postman stops by, and it's Mick Badger uh, summoning Rat and Mole up to Toad Hall. Toad Hall is like the big Toad's like long-standing family uh, household. He's the one who sort of inherited it, but Toad is a big like fuck up and does just spends his money willy-nilly, does what he wants. What a rogue. Yeah, and McBadger's kind of there to settle out the debts and everything, so he's frustrated and not pleased with how Toad handles says, things. Oh, Toad has gone too far this time. Yeah. You won't believe what he's He's near done. bankruptcy. Yeah, he's taking this yellow carriage. Right, and just right away at the beginning of this one, I thought everything felt way more Disney than anything else we had seen. We got, like... A complete cast of characters they all seem very well thought out like mole's kind of the slow one of the group he's kind of not not as perceptive you know sort of optimistic about everything and then we got rat is reminded me a lot of uh like basil of baker street when we get the great mouse detective later he's very posh and uh mcbadger who's like old or- ornery and fed up with this and and toad himself is a, a character all on his own like it felt there was a bit of the Disney magic there, I felt. At least more, maybe it's just lowered standards from what we had yeah, been seeing. Yeah, I think but... so. I thought this was pretty obnoxious, actually. Did you? Yeah. Oh. Uh, it wasn't boring like some of the other things we saw. I just thought... Toad is obnoxious. Like, yeah, I wouldn't want to hang out with I him. I don't feel sorry for him. Like, you're, True. you're obnoxious. The horse is awful. Yeah. I don't remember the horse. horse's name right now. I, didn't, but... I just called him Horse because I couldn't remember. And everyone else is just named after whatever they are. But, uh... 
yeah, we find out Toad is having money problems because he can't behave. And then we get to meet Toad and his horse there. They're like jogging merrily, merrily, merrily on their way. This whole scene felt, uh, this song they sing, it felt very familiar. I don't know where I would have seen it before, but I think I have. I don't know, unless it was on one of those like follow along, sing along Maybe. movies. Could have been. But it was very uh, upbeat and uh, lively, and I, you know, felt pretty good watching it. So, while while they're out and about, though, he sees his new obsession, uh, Toad does, and that mm-hmm. is a... A motor car. Yeah. Which, you know, he's been tearing ass through the countryside on a carriage, so now imagine what he could do with a motor vehicle. It's the next step. Yeah, so he's very excited, uh, but he runs into Mole and Toad along the way, and they're like, nope, not Toad, he's Toad. They runs into Rat and Mole along the way. Basically have an intervention. Yeah, they're like, no, you can't have it, but then he, he's already got the, they call it the motor mania. <laughs> He gets, like, these creepy-ass, like, hypno-eyes as soon as he sees it, and he starts, like, sputtering around on the ground. It's pretty it's pretty creepy. So, they, uh, as part of the intervention, they take him back home. They try yep. to lock him up in his house to keep him away right. until, the, until it passes. Like, we didn't, you don't have time for this. We're not they, dealing with it. Right, and they establish that he gets obsessed over something and yeah. then moves on and to And it always obsession. leads to bad things. Well, right, and then he moves on to the next thing. None of right. these things last, so they're hoping they can just wait it out on this one. Right. But they can't. He escapes out the window and sets out to go steal a motor car. And then this is where we get, jump ahead, a spinning newspaper headline. He's been fucking arrested. And he's... <laughs> that is what the headline <clears throat> says. Yes. <laughs> direct words uh so we and then we cut right to the courtroom he's like in handcuffs sitting there on on the bench and getting grilled and then we got like the fucking micro machines guy rocking the courtroom going through his list of uh his list of charges incredibly quickly he tries to, uh we get the prosecutor here interrogating toad but never lets him actually give back an answer Things are looking pretty bad, but Toad calls his own horse onto the stand to argue his innocence. They point out that the car was not stolen. Uh, it belonged to a bunch of weasels who drove up to a bar and got out got out of the car going into the bar to go, you know, yay, drinking and driving in the 40s. Totally cool. Maybe but, they weren't going to drive home. Maybe they were just going to, you know, stay at the bar. Maybe. but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so that's, Toad follows them in there and is the... Toad and the horse explain that their goal was to purchase it legally. He doesn't have any money, but he decides to trade Toad Hall for the car. And he gets the barman there, uh, Winky, Winky, I believe was his his name. name. Uh, He gets the barman to witness the trade. The weasels are all for it. And it all happens, so... It is a terrible trade. It is. And he's a dumbass with a lot. I mean, Toad Hall is this huge mansion. Right. The car could not have been very expensive at all. But it fits Toad's character to do something so stupid and rash. And even in the courtroom, they're making fun of it. Like, the prosecutor laughs at how ludicrous this deal is and says, Toad Hall's worth way more. You would never do that. You stole the car. You're lying about this. So they call the barman up to the stand, and the barman lies. And he says that Toad uh, didn't make a deal. He came into that bar to try to sell uh, a stolen car. Yeah, yeah. sell a stolen stolen car. And Toad is found guilty and then goes to jail. We jump ahead, I guess, a couple months because now it's Christmas time and Toad is in jail. Pretty friendly looking jailer comes to his cell and says, hey, uh, you know, it's Christmas, so you get a visitor, your grandma's here. His grandma's actually a horse in a dress. Right, pretty obviously a horse in a dress. Like, <laughs> maybe, it's a, maybe it's a nearsighted friendly j- jailer. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, horse brings a disguise for Toad. Uh, it's a similar looking grandma outfit, which Toad wears, uh, is able to escape. More butt stuff here, Toad has got... The ball and chain that's attached to him posing as his, like, slew foot sue butt that's 
popping out. Hoopter. Yeah, hoopter. <laughs> but it doesn't work. The cops know, immediately see through this disguise. They're chasing after him. So Toad escapes by stealing a train. I didn't know you could even yeah, do just, that. Just hops on a train and steals it. Yeah. Uh, the cops also get on a train and mm-hmm. go straight to shooting. Like, yeah. Well, not, they don't like me- him. They're not messing around here. Like, nope. this guy's got to die, apparently. It's the 40s. No one has cell phones to record this sort of thing. So. Topical. <laughs> huh. uh, so Toad jumps into the water to escape. Uh, at this point, I had to Google if Toads could breathe underwater, because I didn't remember learning about amphibians in second grade. Toads can't... I guess when they quit being tadpoles, they, they can't breathe. That's yeah. a thing I knew when I was six and don't know anymore. So. Frogs still... I don't know if they can breathe underwater, but frogs still spend more time around the water than right. toads do. Toads tend to live away from... So he almost drowns, but uh, somehow escapes that and arrives at Rat and Mole's house. So Mole's all excited to see him, but Rat's like, you can't be here. You broke out of jail. This is bad. Police are going to find you. They think police are at the door. But it's actually McBadger, but he's just as upset. Yeah, he tells them how awful Toad Hall is now. Yeah, because Barman Winky and all the weasels have taken over it. Uh, Barman Winky and the Weasels sounds like a 60s band. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. That was a great number one hit by Barman Winky and the Weasels. But um, the fact that Toad and Winky... Not Toad. I keep saying Toad. The fact that Winky and the Weasels are at Toad Hall... Proves that the trade must have actually happened, and that Toad is innocent. So, at this point, Toad reveals himself to McBadger. Hey guys, I'm an escaped criminal, but you know I'm innocent, so let's go fix Which this. Which makes it all okay, by right. the way. So let's go fix this. Let's prove my innocence. We gotta go back in there and get the deed from Winky and fix everything by doing so. So we jump ahead to that, and we quickly realize that Toad is terrible at stealth missions. Uh... Like, the very first guard he sees, he wants to immediately shoot. Like, you can't... Do you ever play Splinter Cell, Toad? Like, you can't just shoot the first guy. You'll destroy your mission rating. It'll be terrible. You gotta stay in the shadows till you're, uh, you know, back against the wall. They find there's a secret entrance to Toad's Toad Hall that Toad obviously knew about living there so long. They're going in that way. Go through, like, a spinning bookcase kind of thing to get to, like, the big manor. Uh, see the weasels are all drunk and asleep and so is Winky Uh, I think it's Christmas after all yeah it's been a party (laughs) Uh, so it becomes uh, they see that Winky is holding the uh, the deed I think it's in his pocket so their plan is to lower somebody down to grab it and the somebody they pick is Mole uh, which they who they accidentally drop on top of Winky during this, which Winky sleeping just kind of immediately starts cuddling him, which Mole looked like the cuddliest of the bunch, so pretty good choice there, I guess. <laughs> but they're able to get the paper, but in the process, the alarm's raised, everybody's awake, everything's pretty fucked, and we get a sort of a big tug-of-war sequence of, like, handing off the paper back and forth. This entire sequence, uh, straight up, copied and put in robin hood when we get to that film i immediately recognized all of that and then in order to pass off the deed between each other they start folding it up as a paper airplane and throwing it across the the room and then toad starts to confuse the weasels by throwing other pieces of paper in a million directions to keep confusing them and then they're eventually able to escape and by getting the deed everything is fixed because logic uh was it the deed i thought it was the the little paper he signed in the bar 
you know, where he was going to have the transaction with the weasels. I believe they called it the deed, oh, well, but maybe. maybe they were both yeah, I together. Know. I don't know. It the seems like you is, would need both. Everything's fine now. Yeah. You get the deed of the house, you own it, obviously. That's how it works. Yeah. Possession's nine-tenths of the law. So they're toasting the new year and the fact that Toad is a new man, uh, only to reveal that he's now flying an airplane and continuing to destroy right. shit. He's learned nothing. He's still a terrible person. Law of oh. the end. Amphibian. Right. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot, but I, I, I can see all of your points about Toad being an asshole. Right. And then because he's an asshole, he's supposed to be a lovable rogue. But if you don't actually make him lovable, then it's yeah. just like, oh, okay, the rich guy got away with being a turd. Yeah, kind And with that, we move on to the second piece, which is the story of the legend of Sleepy Hollow. The story of the legend. <laughs> yeah, how about that? The legend of Sleepy Hollow. The and this legendary one's... story. <laughs> And this one's told to us by Bing Crosby, of all people. It's a very jazzy version of Sleepy Hollow. Apparently he didn't have anything else to do. Yeah, I guess not. But yeah, he talks about American legends and uh, decides to teach us all about Ichabod Crane, who's fancy book-learning guy coming into the local town. And we meet this uh, mischievous Gaston-looking kind of guy that's uh, the talk of the town. He's sort of the big cock on the block. (laughs) Brom Brom Bones is his name. Brom Bones. Brom Bones is his mm, name. Okay, never really learned that, but well, there you go. He uh, says it like a hundred times because eh, he never just says his first name. Pretty sure he says Brom Bones each time. I thought he talks they were saying it. trombone every oh, time and God. didn't know. So Ichabod uh, is basically what I strive to be as a teacher. He's nice to the kids whose moms can cook. Like just, it's <laughs> a good way to do. Do your business. Just is a teacher just to see what other little side bits he can get from. Right. Uh, we also introduce the fact that he's a fairly superstitious person here. Uh, true. As he's walking up, because he is about to walk under a ladder, avoids it. The black cat's about to walk in front of him. He stops it and turns it around, which is good for the end of the piece. That's a good foreshadowing bit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole opening, I thought, felt pretty similar to Beauty and the Beast, where instead of a girl that reads a lot of books, it's a guy that was about... You know, being different. Yeah. Ichabod uh, seems to know that he's being mocked, but doesn't really care about it. Where Mm -hmm. Belle seems unaware that it's even going on. Yeah. That people are making fun of her. Uh, He seems to know, but eh, whatever. Yeah. Make fun if you want. But I'm getting... (laughs) I got food. Right. I'm getting free meals and teaching singing lessons to all the ladies in town. So make all the fun you want. Right. So yeah, he starts... He's a successful teacher at the schoolhouse. Everyone starts to like him. So he starts teaching other things about town, too. Uh, teaching the women how to sing, which they, they clearly already knew how to do since they were singing when he came to town, but I guess it couldn't hurt to have further lessons. Yeah. This is where the Gaston guy, Brombones, mm-hmm. okay. I wrote Prankster Joe because I didn't learn his name. His name is Brombones. Right. Uh, he tries to ruin the lesson and like ridicule him, but Ichabod doesn't care. He's got salad. So. Right, yeah, he's getting paid. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so this goes on this way for a while until one day... A girl shows up. Yeah, Katrina comes to town. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Pretty serious uh, cleavage line drawn on this woman. (laughs) Katrina Von Huge Tits comes to town (laughs) and distracts everybody. Uh, Yeah, so she's well sought after. Everyone's fighting over. Uh, At this point I wrote, isn't there a fucking headless horseman in this story? Because we are a mile away from that right now. Ichabod's all lovestruck from meeting this girl. But But he's also into something else about her, though. We find out later that it's not just her that he's interested Mm -hmm. in. Her dad is rich. Right, and has a big farm. Mm -hmm. And 
So she's got everything going for right. her, except she's the not, personality. She's not the only Lini. thing Ichabod would like to plow. Woo! So since he's so love-struck, the kids are just going bonkers crazy in his classroom, and he's not paying attention. Right. And then we get sort of a uh, pissing contest, basically, between Ichabod and Brom, Brom Bones. Both, Brom Bones. <laughs> both trying to woo this woman. And sabotaging each other as, as much as they can along the way. Right. They go to, like, a big nanny about town. Uh, there's a big dance going on. Typically, when this sort of scenario happens, like, you're supposed to root for the less good-looking guy. Like, you're rooting for, you know, the Ichabod in this case. But in this, Generally. But in this story, uh, he's not really a great person. <laughs> like... No, you know, no. he, he kind of wants her land. Yeah, uh, he's not a great teacher. Like, right? You know, he is manipulating things to make Brom look like a worse guy than he is. True. Uh, so you kind of have that turned on its not head. Not a lot of sympathy for him. I right. feel now. Brom is not overly friendly either. No. He does start picking on Ichabod as soon as he comes to town. Right. So you know, I guess you could just maybe they're all awful right but we're ballroom dancing and uh brahm's upset on the sidelines so he starts dancing with a less attractive woman as part of a we're gonna call her bertha fay elaborate plot to trade dance partners and end up with katrina (laughs) right it should have worked damn it (laughs) it was just kind of rude but then he couldn't get away from bertha fay yeah so he chucks her in a closet yeah uh, and escapes through the meat cellar. Uh, yeah, now we got a Halloween party. Or, no, we were already at a Halloween party. Yeah, it was, it was a Halloween, ballroom Halloween yeah, dance. Mm-hmm. But it feels like something's finally happening. Right, because now we're finally going to tell the legend of the uh, Headless Horseman. Right. Uh, which we do so through a jazzy little ditty by yeah, Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby, not really a spooky singer. That, it was fun. I like Bing Crosby, but... That said, uh, in researching this movie, Disney still gets letters to this day about how scary the horseman appears. Yeah, and well, it's a pretty creepy scene, song I felt. Yeah. The song, you know, it's kind of like... Like, just kind of jazzy, snappy kind of yeah. thing. But, but, he, but he really will kill you, though. Right, like, he's singing about... Uh, you know, but you will be dead. Right. <laughs> singing about a vile, what will be a violent end for anyone. You know, you go out at night until you get across the bridge. You're dan- in danger of running into the Headless Horseman. The song gets Ichabod all freaked out. Right. Which Brom notices. Right. And plays out, plays into. And so Ichabod's scared shitless when he's traveling home. And uh, after we get the spooky song... Then we got a serious lack of music as he's just walking through the forest, which I appreciated. Builds tension. Yeah, just echoey footsteps and, like, Ichabod trying to whistle, but, like, it's all scary whistling because he's, uh, it's all scared panic whistling. Mm -hmm. So, reminded me a lot of Luigi's Mansion when you're walking around in that game. Luigi the whole time is, like, humming or whistling the main theme of the game, so it was, like... But it's with his spooky, like, I'm scared Luigi voice of, like, yeah, bum, 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 bum. I love that game, so. Never played it. Good ambiance. Then we get some spooky animal sounds again, very similar to what we saw in Fun and Fancy Free, and compared to Winnie and Pooh, Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) (laughs) Winnie and Pooh. And compared to Winnie the Pooh in that discussion just a easy thing to do i guess it comes up in fucking emperor's new groove too like going through a woods spooky shit happens and noises become scary i guess it's uh scary beyond all reason yeah <laughs> his imagination he's like he's seeing scary faces in the trees 
I think crows go by and chant that they like they make the caw sound, but it sounds like beware. Like it, they do a lot of right, and because we have the foreshadowing earlier in the segment of him being superstitious about ladders and about black cats and all that, mm-hmm. we know it's susceptible to these sorts sorts of fears, and so we know that's why he's reacting the way he is. And then right, he hears like horse clopping coming up, mm-hmm. and that scares him. But that's just his imagination again. That's just reeds bouncing off a log. And then he starts giggling about it, because he's finally like, okay, nothing's happening. Kind of madly giggling. uh, But then uh, he realizes, uh uh-oh, someone else is laughing too. And then, holy shit, there's the Headless Horseman. His design, pretty terrifying, I thought. Mm -hmm. Sky goes all, like, red and purple behind him. There's demon horse eyes just looking at you. Right, I mean, he looks a little Scooby-Doo villain. But still, kind of scary. Yeah, and uh, the music gets pretty exhilarating here. And it's just a chase scene, basically trying to get to the bridge because the bridge is safety. Got to get away from this fucking demon horse. I think probably the peak of the scene is when they both sort of get uh, bounced up into the air and spin around, and then that's when Ichabod uh, fucking like actually looks down into the headless horseman's yeah. like neck hole. They and... end up on the same horse. Yeah, um, because he <laughs> gets his chin caught on a tree branch and flips back <laughs> yep. over like like you would do on the uneven bars and gymnastics yeah but the that's probably the peak scariness of the sequence but then we get away we get across the bridge but then the horseman throws a big flaming jack-o'-lantern at him and that's the scene fades there and next morning ichabod's nowhere to be found and this is just basically the end of the story is a big question mark of uh, Bing Crosby says, like, some say he survived and he's got a new family out there, but others say he totally fucking didn't and the horseman murdered him. Right. End of movie. Like, now, in the Disney version, it's not overly, like, we can suspect that maybe Brom had a hand in this, but it's not right. overly clear that he did. Like, it's yeah. just suggested. Now, in the story, in the actual story, it's more clear that he's just messing with Ichabod. Right, right. Uh, but but this is just a monster showed up and probably killed him. Right, yeah. Which is uh, really dark. It's a, it's like, but I liked it. Uh, it felt like a spooky, like Halloween ending to something. Like yeah, I, was I was fun. always a big fan of like the Halloween episodes of shows as a kid. Just and it's like, not what it's not what you're expecting. You're yeah. expecting a you know big happy Disney ending, um, and that's not really what we get here. Right. Um, and even Bing Bing Crosby seems kind of spooked out by it because he ends it like it ends with the line of like, "Ooh, I'm getting out of here," and like, yeah. And then that's the whole movie. Yeah, the the movie just ends with that. Uh, Personally, I felt it was the best film of the six. Uh, The package ones, yeah. Yeah, I I know you didn't like Ichabod as much as I do, but... but No, I liked Ichabod. I didn't like... No, the first one I did. Yeah, Toad. Toad. But uh, I still felt everything about this felt way more Disney than what we had seen. Yeah, it's a step in the right direction. And that makes sense being, you know, this was 1949. Yeah, uh, probably getting some people back, getting more money. I mean, it takes years at this point to make these films. This isn't something like now. They could make one in a couple days if they wanted to. Probably still takes years. Uh, Oh, not as long. Well, it's more complicated. They might make one of these films in six days, but not a Disney Disney film. Anyway, uh, uh, but it's a step in the right direction. They probably have the team back, like we were saying, and that's right. probably why we're able to move on into uh, sort of their their hot streak that yeah. we're about to hit. I felt Ichabod kind of dragged a little bit at the beginning, but the ending was strong, so I would that enough is for me to be like, yeah, I'd watch that again. I don't think I would watch any of these other films again. So maybe the Saludos Amigos. Yeah, um, it's a little dull at times. But I did do a final ranking of these oh, six. But okay, I'll look, I'll look turds. <laughs> uh, Yeah, uh, if I were to rank them, my list would be Ichabod and Mr. Toad, 
then fun and fancy free, then saludos, and then make my music, then three caballeros, then melody time. But I would not dig too deep in that list if I were you. If you want to skip all six of these, feel free. I mean, listen to our episodes on them. They're oh, fantastic. Right. But Obviously, we're we're cool. But, yes, but don't watch. <laughs> we watch them so you don't have to. Right. Uh, but yeah, because we skipped these all in 2009 and... I don't. If we started watching these, then like we would not have finished them. You're right. <laughs> so we might have watched one and a, we like we probably would have quit halfway through Three Caballeros and been like, let's go to Cinderella. Let's, let's just move the fuck on. Yeah. But now, uh, you know, we made it through them. We're better yeah. people for having watched them. I'm glad we can put them behind us. And, and gonna... it was a fun to do like a little bonus episode yeah. like this. So and now we're gonna get back into the rankings. Uh, you know, in the next episode, we're gonna be doing Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Uh, so get excited for that. I know it's one of the uh, the more popular Disney movies. It ranked yeah. very highly on my list when we did this in 2009. Yeah. It's never been a big favorite of mine, but I'm excited to revisit again. Because, once again, I think this is one I last watched in 2009 and haven't seen since. The live-action movie just came out recently, a year or so ago, a year and a half. Yeah, we can discuss that a bit on the episode, too. So we'll do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think they'll be doing a live-action version of Three Caballeros or... (laughs) I imagine uh, not. (laughs) ...any of these, Ichabod and Mr. Toad, any of them. Uh, Disney won't, at least. Well, that's what I meant, (laughs) yeah. But yeah, that's uh, if you joined us for all these bonus episodes, thanks for listening. I know I can't imagine there's a lot of like, oh, I got to tune in to make mine music. So, right, you, so are, if you, if you, you guys are the true fans. I'm glad to, glad to check in us out. And, appreciate it. Yeah. Um, tell your friends all yeah, about tell us. Tell your friends, word of mouth. Follow us on the Twitter, at DisneyDudesPC. And I'd like to, uh, I'll probably start doing as like a recording in credits kind of thing uh when our outro theme is playing uh Mm -hmm. like send in your thoughts on this movie that we're about to discuss because i feel like if i say a movie now this episode won't come out for a month and then we'll have already watched that movie but maybe you could mention a couple of movies that are coming up and then by the time you know right so we can do that now if you want if you've got thoughts on thing in here i know that cinderella and i think alice is next after that if you want to send us your thought i mean we want to bring you guys into this as much as possible so if you have childhood memories or just things you want to bring up discussion points anything like that for like cinderella alice in wonderland i believe dalmatians is after that i'm not sure but maybe any of those films uh feel free to email us our email is dudeswatchdisney at gmail.com so feel free uh those are the movies coming up or you know uh if you have questions from the earlier ones that we've already reviewed the things you want on the podcast things you want us to improve on right but if you had questions about snow white we or you know pinocchio or any of the ones we've done earlier Mm -hmm. we would be happy to sort of address those at the beginning of you know early or future episodes yeah help the podcast grow yeah that's about all i got for this i'm glad we're done with these and i'm glad to be moving on before we move on uh you know not to toot our own horns here but we've made it through 11 disney films now yeah these were probably the roughest patch i mean and these six were not good but still we've made it through 11 (laughs) movies now that's true uh and so and we're about to hit a nice a nice stride of i believe the 50s through about 1970 ish or some of the big really strong years for disney films then there's a well populous well publicized uh decline they sort of go through in the 70s and 80s some good ones that we enjoy in that at least but But some, some experimental ones as well 
an interesting time frame at least and then you know soaring from 90s late late 80s through like 2000 right this is sort of like if you've got you get to see the rise and fall of disney right, when people talk about comic books they talk about a golden age and a silver age like mm-hmm. so like golden age disney uh, is what we're about to hit i'd say like and then the silver age might be uh beauty and the beast uh yeah the those. renaissance i think yeah. is what they call Maybe that another yeah mm-hmm there you go. But yeah, we'll get to go through the whole thing, and uh, hopefully you guys stick around with us. So, signing off, I'm Jake. I'm Dustin. And we're Dudes Watch Disney. See you next time. Both pointed at the microphone. Points. You didn't see it, but we pointed. Dudes. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Dudes Watch Disney podcast. Hi everyone, this is Jake here, reminding you all to like, rate, review, but most of all, subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube, so no matter which podcast venue you like to use, we're there and we're not hard to find. We also invite you to follow us on Twitter, at DisneyDudesPC. The PC stands for podcast. We also want to hear from you guys. If you have any fun childhood memories or fun stories about these films, please shoot us an email and share them with us. We'll read them out on the show. Our email address is dudeswatchdisney at gmail.com, so please send us your thoughts and join in on the discussion. For reference, the next two films we're going to cover are Cinderella and Alice in Wonderland. So if you can email us your thoughts before we sit down to record again, we'll be happy to share them with the world. Or, the small portion of the world that subscribes to this podcast. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Uh, bye! Bye!